Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about underrated actors. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and joining me is my underrated co-host, mm. Cody Webb. Cody, it's May 1st, the day this is released, that is, not the day we're recording, but it's <laughs> May 1st, so do you know what that means? I believe that means it's a May Mania, baby. Hell yeah, <laughs> May Mania is back, year two, uh, very excited about it. If you weren't around last year, basically it's just more like specialty type episodes. We're going to do some drafts, some trivia, some recasts. Uh, some favorite lists like we're doing today. Um, maybe go go deep into some people's ancestry, their history. I, who knows? And of <laughs> course, we are going to have lots of guests, uh, schedules permitting. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to an exciting month of episodes. 100%. And yeah, I think um, our run through May last year was some of my favorite episodes of the year. Um, but yeah, like you said, expect a lot of kind of maybe a little bit out there concepts that we've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, gonna be doubling down on episodes and stuff too, but yeah, definitely be a lot of fun. So, if you do check us out for just one month this year, I would say this is the one to to stick around for. It, it's both our birth months as well. Yeah. So, like, yeah. we do special stuff for that. I'll I'll do a special app for my birthday. I'm sure you uh can get something cooking for yours as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, lots to do, lots to talk about. If you want to be a guest, hit us up. I mean, this is the time. It's May Mania. Uh, we want to have a lot of guests. So if you're interested, we're, we're going to make it happen. Connect. True. Of course. Yeah. I always reach out and we say this a uh, hundred times, but yeah, if you want to be a guest, you'll be a guest. So uh, hit us up if you want to be a part of the mania, but yeah, definitely do it. Schedule's filling up. There's lots of good ones out there. So reach out soon. Um, also, just want to say, you know, Spotify is huge for us right now. So if you're listening to this, you know, we prefer you listen on Spotify, but you listen anywhere. Uh, but if you want to go over to Spotify, Follow us on there. We're trying to get the followers up. Give us a like, a rating. But you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts, like us on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube. There's a lot of ways you can support. Um, but I think Spotify, we're, we're going to push that for the month of May. Well, it's, it's basically just because uh, they changed some of their sponsorship <laughs> crap, blah, blah, blah. Spotify yeah. bought the yeah. anchor that anchor. we sent our podcast. So we just were bowing down to the corporate. And basically world. like, oh, we, we could get kind of uh, the sponsorship back a little bit through Spotify just because that old anchor thing. So yeah, if you are checking us out like through YouTube and stuff, definitely go through Spotify as well and, and just go through there to help us out too. But yeah, appreciate it all around. Yeah, maybe we'll, uh, I, I, our boys at the Rough Cut Retrospective, they set a goal of uh, 100 Spotify followers and they do a watch along pod. So you know, maybe we could throw out that gauntlet as well. You know, get to 100, <laughs> we'll do a watch along. In person like even, that. maybe? Who knows? Ooh, wow, I like that a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely go do that. Hit us up if you want to be a guest. Let's get into the episode and let's talk about underrated actors. I mean, Cody, do you know any underrated actors? <laughs> love that transition i do actually yeah it's off the episode i actually did want to kind of uh you know st take a step back from the episode and give a shout out to my cousin uh jersey who is a consistent listener to the podcast as well so if you are listening jersey big time shout out this is basically one of my recommendations my biggest recommendation but wanted to do off the top of the show here she was actually in a production called alibis over the weekend which i was definitely lucky enough to go visit down and see her in the main role of Casey Neptune. Um, and it was actually a lot of fun. It was kind of like a, her her role was pretty much the main one, like I said, but it was kind of like a Sherlock Holmes take, but there's a lot of like comedic spin in it. And um, in the production as well, there's tons of movie references. There's like a Matrix reference. There was um, a Battlefield Earth reference. Um, <laughs> Wizard of Oz was, was a main reference as well. So a lot of fun movie stuff. Um, Citizen Kane as well. There was like a sled reference. 
a lot and a lot of fun movie stuff that I was kind of being like, oh, I, I get that. I get that. So shout out to Jers. Um, she also had like a ridiculous amount of lines. I think it was like 150 plus that she memorized it all, which I was like, I don't think I could do even like 10 lines. So shout out in that standard as well. But yeah, underrated actress. Watch out uh, for Jersey Streeter on the up and coming lists. Uh, yeah, just wanted to give her a shout off the beginning. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, Cody, in high school, I was in a play called mm-hmm. like alibis really? i don't think it's the same thing I, I was like looking it up but i was like i played the lead detective so you know shout out oh. shout out to things called alibis <laughs> <laughs> that's good what a small world we live in yeah maybe you guys had some overlapping lines that i you'd be able to connect on but hey is- hell of a detective that that oh. year my my one year of high school drama where i was in a a, a detective mystery as the detective in the fall and in mm-hmm. the spring we did great gatsby and i played tom <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, you fit that role well, I think. Yeah, de- de- definitely the highlight of my my acting career right there. Um, but let's talk about some real actors. Let's get into uh, past, I mean, Jersey, shout out, real actor there. Of but course, me, yeah, yeah. not at all. Let's talk about some other underrated actors, um, some of our favorites. So uh, first of all, like, I mean, in, in compiling this list, top five underrated actors, what did underrated mean to you? Kind of how did, how did you, uh, what was your temperature gauge on this list? Yeah, I, it's tough to define, obviously, because I feel like in our lists here, you could put pretty much anybody and be hard to argue. I left off my obvious ones, a la, you know, the Hugh Jackmans, the Amy Adams, the people we talked about in our top five working actors and actresses, just because I think they have that due respect. They've been around in the industry for forever. For me, for underrated, I don't know, you can really define it as anything you want. I kind of went as they've done some stuff here and there and everything that they've done, I have enjoyed pretty much, but maybe they haven't been given the big opportunities to be the starring person or, you know, be given the massive franchise. So I kind of looked at it in that angle of they are definitely working and I, I do like pretty much everything that they're in, but they really just haven't been being, been given like that massive chance yet. Yeah, I like that definition. And I think a couple of mine fit into that, but then there's also like this idea of just, up and coming actors like people there's young people that maybe just haven't quite hit it big that have been in a couple small things and that can be underrated or you can have like you said you're supporting your character actors some of those people who just by the nature of the work they do will never be a lead in anything but they're still extremely good at what they do and then there's also people like you said who maybe should be leads and haven't had that chance to be starring in something great also like people can be underrated to different subsets and like different fandoms so like yeah. we're probably going to say someone's underrated and then someone's gonna be like, well, I, I love this TV show that ran for seven seasons and they're great in that. So how are they under, like everyone knows, but it's all about the things you're interested in. These are just the people that we see as underrated. And of course that's not a knock either. We, we do like these people, but you know, yeah. underrated, we don't mean as an insult. Either. No, I think underrated is hundred percent a positive thing. And of course these lists are subjective. I'm sure my list and your list are going to be very different here. But yeah. It's all kind of just, I feel like, it's your perception of where they are at in Hollywood in a sense. Cause if we pick these people and Oh, they're in every single movie in Hollywood and they're leading men, they still could be underrated to us, but in a sense, like it, it really is subjective, I think, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in your list a lot. Honestly, uh, I think my list has a lot of great people, but I think you might have some deeper cuts than me, honestly, but uh, yeah, it, it should be fun to go through this. I don't know. I really struggled making the list. I, I mentioned <laughs> it to you before the podcast. I have a big honorable mention list. Mm-hmm. we'll provide reasons for each person so we'll get into that as we go i did want to say i i went for a specific i didn't want to have a single oscar winner to me if you've won an oscar 
I was having this conversation with Mina last night. It's like, can you be underrated? Like Nick Cage, maybe like five, six years ago would be underrated, but he wasn't Oscar. Like, it's, I don't know. For me, no Oscar winners. Mm-hmm. I think there's some people that are Oscar nominated potentially. Eh, maybe not. Maybe one. For uh, We'll get into it. Uh, you want to you get started? Yeah, I'll definitely kick us off. I don't think any of mine are Oscar nommed. I think that's definitely a good thing to base it off of. Did Nick Cage win an Oscar for like adaptation or something? Am I missing that? Well, he was nominated for adaptation, I believe, but he won for Leaving Las Vegas, I want to say. Ooh, okay. I didn't know that. We were talking a lot of Nick Cage last week, and I didn't know he was an Oscar winner. So shout yeah. out Nick. Uh, Leaving Las well, Vegas, nineteen ninety five. Wow, crazy. Did not know that, but cool. Uh, yeah, I'll kick us off though. My number five uh, underrated actress, and this is, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, I tried to leave out a lot of my personal picks. This is maybe one where I let it slide in a little bit, but um, I'm picking Diane Kruger. Oh, uh, okay. Of course, from National Treasure. <laughs> so I love her most. But I think she actually is in some decent stuff, but not a ton recently, honestly. I feel like kind of the mid-2000s, end of 2010s was kind of her cutoff point for being in a lot. Of course. You, uh, didn't, thing- you didn't check out Marlo, the the Liam Neeson picture that was p- pulling up in theaters early this year, January. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that she was in that. I haven't checked it out yet. So maybe that's a masterpiece, but maybe maybe you missed that one. Since I have AMC A-list, like sometimes I'll just get tickets to a movie and then like, It'll be an hour before and I'll be like, yeah, I don't really feel like it. I slept in or maybe I, it doesn't work for my schedule. I have, I think I bought tickets to see Marlo at one point because <laughs> it was like on the docket for a day and it just, I, I decided to not do it, but you wow. know, I got the refund on the money I didn't pay, but yeah, shout <laughs> out Marlo. <laughs> all that matters, you got the refund, but yeah, I guess really not a big Diane Kruger stand. So disappointed there. <laughs> of course she's in National Treasure 1 and 2. Um, which are masterpieces beyond that. Crying DB is kind of slim after that. You can look at Troy. You can look at some other things. But the other massive thing she in, she's in, and obviously, too, is in Glorious Bastards. But she's in a small part of the film, obviously, near the end with, you know, the Fassbender and, and the whole finger thing, which is really, really <laughs> fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I think in that movie as well, she doesn't really have a standout sort of scenes other than that. And that's kind of the issue with her in general, I feel like. She is put pretty much just in supporting roles. So I'd like to see her going more into the forefront. Obviously, National Treasure is kind of a joke of a film franchise, but I think she's still good in that. Like, obviously, you mentioned working alongside Oscar winner Nicolas Cage. I'm sure she picked up a lot of stuff from him. So, yeah, I think underrated-wise, especially in the past 10 years, um, nobody's really talking about Diane Kruger anymore, which is which is a shame. When you search... Diane Kruger and Glorious Bastards, all the headlines are Diane Kruger reveals Tarantino didn't want her, <laughs> which is a tough look for sure. Uh, even Quentin doesn't want her. So sad. You know, she actually made her German language film debut in 2017, which is interesting. Um, but she did win a, a the Cannes Best Actress Award in 2017. So a little wow. bit of a praise there. But yeah. yeah, I agree. She's definitely a person I would consider underrated. Um, what, what, what would you want to see her do? And yeah, talking about Tarantino, I did. I was thinking, hey, throw her in the last Tarantino film. If um, Quentin wasn't a massive fan, which is news to me, that's a shame. <laughs> but uh, just give her a small role because I think she's really good in Glorious Bastards. Um, past that, of course. You don't I, want her to play the film critic, the titular role of his alleged next film. I think she'd be really good in that, actually. Um, I mean, you could pick up any pretty much Tarantino actor. I feel like to do that. But no, Diane Kruger was a really, really, really fun choice, I think, for that. Um, but past that, I kind of want to see National Treasure 3. That's the main reason she is on this list, if I'm being honest. 
bring back the whole squad, bring back Nick Cage, bring back, uh, you know, Riley, whatever his name is, Justin something, I think. But um, let them. So this up. is set prior to the events of the television series in which uh, Nick the, Cage is dead or do we resurrect the television him? series? I am going to say is uh, not canon. Um, mm. so, <laughs> so Disney. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but clearly you didn't. Know. it was canceled. Thankfully, thankfully, even though I didn't I didn't see it. But uh, yeah, bring them all back for one last romp. I'm thinking, I think I pitched this before, but I think um, I'm going to send them to the lost city of Atlantis or something. <laughs> something underwater, I think, for this crew would be really the best way to go. But yeah, I kind of just want to see National Treasure 3, so I'm going to pitch that for her. Maybe James Wan can direct, he, or, or James Cameron, our water boys. Who, oh. Who's it going to be? I don't know if Jimmy Cameron would take that project <laughs> on, but... I take either. He's he's a big franchise IP filmmaker, Cody. He loves making sequels. If he hear if he hears it's underwater, he's basically uh, going to be signed up for it automatically. I think so. Halfway yeah. there, find it, but he'll go find the real Atlantis. That'll be the catch. It, it, it'll be incredible. <laughs> Is Diane Kruger ever going to win an Oscar, Cody? I would say likely not uh, with her current agent, and she. I think she would be a contender as well for someone who new, needs a new agent, which is obviously an episode we've done in the past. If you haven't seen that go check that one There's out. definitely some overlap here with that idea yeah but um i think she has the ability to win an oscar i think unfortunately um at this time in her career it seems very unlikely but uh that's kind of what it seems like for half the people who end up kind of going into the, an unusual role and kind of killing it so i could see it down the line but i would be you know fairly surprised if it happened I don't know she she actually is one that i could see you know popping up in a movie five ten years from now that just gets a lot of praise because it's like, like you said, she's been around for a while and this would be her chance. Maybe, maybe an Oscar nom. I definitely see she gets an Oscar nom at some point. Yeah. She's got the chops. I think it's just finding the right role for, for, for kind of that nom. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's kick it over to my number five yeah. and it's Donald Gleason, Cody. Ooh, I like How's that. that feel for you? Yeah. He's a, a contender on my list for sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I'll start saying, you know, maybe my favorite Irish actor, I'd have to maybe put together a list, but he's definitely up there. Um, obviously he is a bit of a nepotism baby, which, you know, maybe that's a spoiler for future conversations, but you know, the son of uh, Brendan Gleeson, but I just think he's great in everything that he does. He's been in a good mix of projects. I think some of his, like his projects are probably the most impressive part some interesting mainstream IP. He has a very small role in the Harry Potter franchise, but then also, of course, he plays, you know, General Hux in the, the Star Wars newest trilogy, which he has a decent little arc in, you know, I, it's okay. Those movies are those movies, right? Um, but, you know, he started out in some interesting indie projects. He's done some serious romance drama stuff. Ex Machina and About Time are the probably the two movies that are like two of my personal favorites that really pushed him onto this list. Um, he can do funny stuff, but he can also do the strong emotion stuff. He has gotten uh, a Tony nom in 2006. So, so that's like a little bit of that. And he's been in a bunch of movies that have been nominated for Oscars. So like Ex Machina was nominated for an Oscar. Brooklyn, The Revenant, those are all nominated for Oscars. Um, yeah, he's been in some HBO stuff most recently. This That's the thing where a lot of actors are going into like TV now. So he was in an HBO series and like, 2020 and then recently he was on a, a hulu series with steve carell the patient where he plays a serial killer who's trapped steve carell as a who is his therapist oh yeah i think i did see the trailer for that actually it didn't look bad to be fair yeah, yeah I, I haven't checked it out but it i mean it would be 
attractive because of you know he's in it yeah it's kind of like misery uh, in the modern world which i like but yeah donald gleason i think is a great choice like you mentioned i mean general hux it is what it is but the two main pictures that i love him in pretty much the same as you ex machina and about time ex machina is a heck of a heck of a film i really like that i feel like oscar isaac maybe does outshine him a little bit but he's mad underrated, I would say. So he fits that category. The three, all three of the the lead cast yeah. in that, Alicia Vikander, Oscar yeah. Isaac. Yeah, they're all great. Should be Oscar noms around, but um, I don't think any of them really got recognized, which is unfortunate. And then about time, I mean, his uh, his chemistry with Rachel McAdams, I think, is, is severely not talked about as well. So I'd love to see him kind of go more rom-com, go maybe a little bit more darker stuff like Ex Machina. I think he can kind of do it all in a sense. But yeah, what were you thinking? Kind of what do you think his next project should be? Dark is exactly where I wanted to go. So obviously okay. he's doing the serial killer thing now with the patient, but I think put it, put him in a horror movie. Like I want to see this guy, like a struggling, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe like some sort of Stephen King adaptation or, or, or something like that. Mike Flanagan, get that guy directing a movie again. Um, <laughs> you know, come on. He's stay away from the TV, dude. Get Dr. Sleep was decent. I hear. And then, or, or David Fincher, you know, put him as a detective in a Fincher movie or something. He, I think he can play that well, well as well. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't been working with like more, you know, highly talked about directors. So I feel like he really is like a really good character actor as well. So I'd, I'd love to see him kind of fit in some of those roles, but yeah, him and the Finch man, I think would be a really good pairing. I, I do like that a lot. Yeah. And I mean, another team up with Alex Garland, obviously like, I don't know, men was a mixed movie. We'll see what his next film, Civil, Civil War, is going to be like. But I think Donald Gleason, it, going back with Alex Garland, that connection from Ex Machina would be good as well. Yeah, agreed. Do you think Domino will ever win an Oscar, Corbin? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I just, really? I, I don't know. I don't know if the role is going to be right for him there. Um, I could see a nom. There's a lot of, I, he feels like a nom person, but I, I don't know. None of his, none of his performances, despite being an Oscar like nominated films and in some cases winning films they're they're usually in supporting roles so i feel like he, he's good in leads but they're not the oscar nominated movies and then when he's supporting he's, he's just not gonna stand out i think yeah i think that's fair i think he 100 percent could oh yeah i'd love to see it but it just comes down to the roles i think for him i think as the years go on here and he gets a little older he will start doing like more and more leading stuff because i think he's a really good actor but yeah i wouldn't be surprised Give this guy five, 10 years. He's got a couple of Oscars on his, his uh, bookcase. So yeah, we'll see. His dad just got one this year and he's, you know, how old? So think, I mean, there's True. plenty of time, plenty of acting to do. Nepo babies. He's, he's going to be around forever <laughs> too, yeah. Shout out to Gleason's. <laughs> Let's kick it over to your- Colin, uh, Colin Farrell, an Irish actor? He, yeah, he, he is. Like, he was on my- Gleason's over him? He's on my honorable mention list. I'll say that. <laughs> but it's hard to say he's underrated. That's for sure. There. Cody, who's your number four? All right, I'll kick it back to me. My number four is going to be uh, Tony Revolori. Oh, uh, I'm guessing was not even near your list, but <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I think he is crazy underrated. Uh, he's been in a decent amount of stuff. Obviously, my favorite thing from him is pretty much the Grand Budapest Hotel, which, I mean, in a sense, he is one of the main leads as uh, the bad guy. As much whatever. as you can be in a Wes Anderson flick. Yeah. And obviously, obviously there's yeah. like the time stuff as well. Yeah, massive cast, and yeah, there's a guy playing an older uh, version of his character, whatever. But um, I think his relationship both with Ray Fiennes' his character and Cersei uh, Ronan's character, it's kind of the linchpin in the movie in a sense. He has a lot of the emotional weight kind of going on in that film, uh, which 
I was not expecting for Tony Revolori uh, role. Past that, another really great movie I like that he's in is Dope. Obviously not leading that, one of the sidekick best friends, but I think that's a really fun movie that people don't really talk about anymore from uh, the 2010s. Uh, Mad underrated in itself. And of course, he's Flash Thompson in the MCU. Doesn't really have too much to do there over... Uh, is he even in the third movie? I don't know, and I don't care. But the first movie, he's fun. Kind of like the dickhead uh, bully, the modern bully, I guess, in a sense, to Peter Parker. But kind of just not given a ton to do in any of that stuff. Yeah, Tony Revolori. I think he's this is this is like my up and coming guy on this list out of like the underrated sort of saying we're going through here. This is the one who probably has the most to prove, I would say. But kind of like I was saying, everything that he's been in, I, I've liked him. And I think there's a big thing that comes for Tony. So, uh, Mr. Revelory, if you're listening, this may be the one person who we could get on the pod. Honestly, I know he's been <laughs> he does a lot of stuff, kind of just like podcasts and Internet in general. So maybe if, maybe if I slide in his DMs on like Dave Batista, he, he'd actually respond. But <laughs> yeah, what do you think about Tony? May mania, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think he definitely I don't know if I've ever seen him. I guess outside of Grand Budapest as the lead in a movie. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely that. Um, I will say he's great and dope. And in that movie, he's actually Spider-Man's best friend because of course the lead she make more is the voice of Miles yeah. Morales. So he's actually Spider-Man's best friend in that movie. Unlike in uh, the MCU trilogy where he just tries to be Spider-Man's best friend. Um, and Cody, I don't know if you know this, he appears in Scream 6, your, yeah. your movie. Uh, you haven't seen that yet, have you? No, I have not seen it, but I did see that was on his IMDb. Um, I assume it's a pretty small role, right? Yeah, he's in the opening, so you can nice. imagine what happens okay. <laughs> as, as all Scream movies go. <laughs> Sounds like he, he's there at the end, too. So, yeah, good to see Tony make it through the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely nice. He's also in the Asteroid City, uh, Wes Anderson flick, which is upcoming this year, too, which is another movie that I drafted. So hopefully he makes it through that one, at least. But um, yeah, going forward of what I would want to see him in more, obviously, I think he's going to be Wes Anderson mainstay. He was also in, oh, what was the, oh, the, the French Dispatch, French Dispatch yeah. small role in that too. So I think he's going to be in Wes Anderson movies kind of going forward. I'd love him to snag another role uh, like Zero in Grand Budapest, kind of one of the main characters. I think him and Wes work really well together. Um, past that, just like as he gets older, I think he's going to go, go more towards the dramatic roles. Um, right now he's kind of in between like oh should he stay in a blockbuster franchise that kind of stuff I think he's going to see like the MCU it is what it is but I think he is like a legitimate actor and wants to make actual stuff so I think like biopics um, sort of dramatic roles like that I think he could be an easy candidate for like best supporting uh, actor roles down the line here and uh, yeah I mean this is a young buck just ready to be uh, you know awakened through Hollywood I'd love to see him in, in tons more stuff as we move along the years here yeah i mean he's 26 he's and he's been in a lot of great stuff i mean the fact that he's attached himself to wes anderson at this point like wes anderson is gonna make, be making movies for how many years like he's got this yeah he's gonna be around i imagine yeah. so uh I, I think the mcu stuff is done do you think we'll ever see him in anything again i don't think so unless they like really kind of change the venom character because they could throw him in as sort of uh this that could be good venom which would be cool, but obviously with Sony, like that'll probably never happen. Um, and it would probably need to happen within like next like five years or something to kind of lock him down to, which... Well, that's the thing. It's like, how old are you going to have him be? Like, what's yeah. the time frame? I mean, I, who knows what the MCU is doing? They're, they're reeling right now. 
Yeah, I think he should get out of the MCU, but um, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think he will win an Oscar in the next 10 years. Tony Revolori, book it. I think he's upcoming immediately, and uh, I think he's got a good agent. I just, I, just from like everything he's been in so far, pretty much nothing has been like bad, bad, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be making moves, and uh, I think he's got an Oscar upcoming. So Supporting, supporting or lead? What do you think? I'd say supporting. I'd be surprised if it's lead, but yeah, I, I think he's going to kind of build himself up a little bit into more supporting roles than maybe down the line he can be a, a massive leading man, which I'd like to see. But yeah, I'd say supporting is definitely a good bet. I, I would back that as well. All right, Cody. My number four. Yeah, is Greta Gerwig as an actress? Cody. Really? Wow. This is this is a, obviously as a director and and really just as a famous person. She's not an underrated. People recognize her talent. She's a great screenwriter as well as director. But as an actress, she is underrated. I would say. I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a ton of range across all the characters she plays, but she fits into a couple lanes really well. Um, she plays especially in her earlier years like the early 2010s where she was really working in movies she plays like young dumb broke and and like fucked up like like a fuck up basically but also like incredibly magnetic and interesting and like still like a character you want to root for despite having these like fuck ups and insecurities about their future and what they want to do thinking of like performances in Francis Ha which is a movie that I love <laughs> 2010s Bombacks early in their relationship Bombax staff yeah I, I just think she's really great as an actress she's obviously in white noise this year I'm curious to see if she'll continue to act I, I don't know yeah interesting pick because obviously uh I feel like when you think of Greta Gerwig you're gonna think of director first but I like throwing her her in here in the actresses I don't know. I think she may be a little bit unproven. Do you know how much stuff she's really been in as an actress? Obviously, Frances Ha and like you mentioned, White Noise. How far back does she go acting wise, though? Um, Well, she was like doing some like co-directing and writing stuff in like the mid 2000s of like really small indie projects, stuff like LOL, It Takes the Stairs, Baghead, Nights and Weekends, like all the stuff. And then like her most notable roles would be like 20th century woman where she's like second um francis ha of course she's been in white noise like i said and then i, I was dogs i love dogs she does a voice role and then i was watching this movie i started it last night called greenberg where she's second build behind ben stiller and it's a bombback movie and it's like a jennifer jason lee noah bombback story nice she's doing the very similar thing to what she always does but no yeah she's great yeah, I'm a big fan of Greta, and um, I didn't even think about her kind of considered for this list just because I think you have director kind of first in line with her. But uh, yeah, I love Isle of Dogs. That's kind of like the big thing for I would probably be the biggest fan of her acting wise than that. I haven't seen White Noise, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, definitely an interesting pick. Uh, what do you think she should do next? Because I feel like this is like an early career pick as well. So she'd go a lot of different directions. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. Obviously, like when you're a person who becomes a director I feel like it's hard to then go back and be like go work for other directors and she has such a close creative partnership with her husband Noah Bomback. they've written in like they have they both co-wrote Barbie together and obviously she's the director and they've worked on different screenplays together so like I don't know I feel like she's probably most likely to continue to like write and star in his stuff or her stuff um, you know, like she said, White Noise was his direction and, and her starring in that. So 
I think that's probably what's most likely to happen. I would love to see maybe, you know, Ben Stiller, he's been directing a lot lately. There's a connection there. He's been in a few bomb back things. Maybe he could, you know, direct her in something. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. I'd like to see that hundred percent. I think that'd be a really fun pairing. Uh, ben Stiller at the helm. Yeah. I'm kind of down to just throw her in anything at this point too. And kind of maybe leave bomb back behind and be like, Hey, you do your thing. I'll do mine. But yeah, I think she is a, a good actress. So I don't hate the pick. Do you see an Oscar down the line for her? Or what do you think there? Directing wise? Yes. Hopefully yeah. I think so. I, I don't realistically know if she's going to win one acting wise. I, cause realist, I don't know how much acting she's going to do, yeah. but uh, no, I, I think direction. She's got a shot. I'm, she I'm was nominated for Lady Bird, right? Yeah. She was nominated. Okay. Well deserved. Lost, lost to Jordan Peele, so that's I mean that's a tough year. Yeah, I, I think she was probably deservedly top, lost, but top yeah, three that year too. So, I I'd say she's got her shot coming at the Oscars pretty soon. But yeah, good pick. Will uh, it happen for Barbie, Cody? I don't think so. I, I'll tell you what, Barbie, Barbie worries me, man. I don't. I think it will make money, but I don't know. It looks really, really, really weird. Um, which should be right up my alley. But the thing is, I don't think they're giving no. anything away. Like, I think they're trying to like do a bait and switch thing where it's like, we're going to market this, but not really tell you like they're, they haven't really shown anything. Yeah. I mean, true. I don't know the the dialogue just looks really strange to me and I don't know what it's about. Like, obviously it's about Barbie, but I don't know. It, it's going to be a weird one, I think. And, and maybe one of her wackiest scripts, but I mean, the cast is amazing, so I'll go see it, but it definitely worries me cody what do you think double feature barbie oppenheimer then double feature podcast Ooh. same day <laughs> and you have to go see it on the, in the same day as well a four-hour yeah. oppenheimer and then three-hour barbie just absolute heck of a day in the theater but i think that'd be a really fun pod so yeah i don't hate it <laughs> we'll clock it in cody who's your number three my number three, funny enough, was also in uh, Isle of the Dogs, which is why I brought it up, because I was looking at that cast list today. It's uh, Tilda Swinton. Mm. I think Tilda Swinton is mad, underrated. I've never really seen her uh, be bad in anything. Um, however, I, again, this is another agent problem, I think. I think her agent needs to step it up. I think Tilda Swinton should have been leading, uh, like a, a main leading you know, actress for a long time now. And she de- definitely has done some leading stuff. Uh, for me, probably her favorite performance is Snowpiercer, which obviously she's not the lead role, but she really just kind of captured the perfect, I think, um, like voice uh, texture, if that makes sense. Really did a great job kind of capturing that character in that movie. Yeah, Snowpiercer, Bong Joon-ho uh, production. If you haven't seen that, check that out 100%. Uh, past that, of course, she's the ancient one, the MCU, whatever. She's in one movie, but she's pretty good in that too. And then voice work, she's been good as well. Isle of the Dogs, I mentioned, also in uh, Guillermo's Pinocchio, which he's actually like the spirit god that Pinocchio goes and talks to when he dies and stuff, which I didn't even realize that. But like I said, I think everything that she's been in, she's actually pretty good. Obviously, I think um, it was either this year or this past year, she's in that weird movie with the Idris Elba. 3,000 Years of Longing, yeah. Didn't see that, but I don't think that was the best, but... Give me more weird stuff like that. I think Tilda kind of does shine the brightest and kind of strange scripts like that. So I don't hate that going forward, but maybe that wasn't the best script. She could have picked something better, but again, kind of that's her agent problem, not her. Um, but yeah, everything she's good in, I like. So I think she had to make this list. Shout out to her role in Michael Clayton for which she did win an Oscar, Cody. So there yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, but no, she has, she's great um, in a lot of different stuff. She's 
she really transforms into a lot of different roles. Like you said, Snowpiercer is a great example of that, where, where she, she plays weird really well. And, um, but she is like a classically trained actor, was Royal Shakespeare Company in the 90s, you know. Um, no, yeah, she's great. Yeah. And for me, I think underrated in, in this sense, like you said, she didn't win an Oscar, so it's hard to put her on those list. But I think she should be like one of the, the leading actresses working today. I think she is that ridiculously good. And she, she's kind of just been subjected to like, oh, a really good character actress, which I think Tilda Swinton is. No, I, I think she that's choice, though, to a certain degree. I, I, I think she chooses her projects. And what I mean, yes, she's in the MCU in a weird role, but I think yeah. she's particular about what she wants to do. 100%, which I think is, and that's what I'm saying, like her agent needs to step it up because even the <laughs> stuff that she does pick isn't the best sometimes. But yeah, give me more leading Tilda. I, I think we deserve it. She going to win an Oscar, Cody? Obviously, she already has. I think down the <laughs> Another road, one. I think she 100% can. And I'd like to see a, a leading actress Oscar from her, which is kind of what I've been harping on as well. And of course, I think out of, out of pretty much everyone on my list and possibly even yours, she does have maybe the highest chance to win another Oscar. For me, she is really one of the, the better working actresses today. And like I said, just needs to be given the right opportunity. Yeah, I mean, this for me is maybe she's not crazy underrated in Hollywood sense. But I think in the general public sense, I think we need to be talking about Tilda Swinton a little bit more. When it comes to like art house and international cinema, I think she holds like a really specific place. But I would say to the most, to the average American like audience, Tilda Swinton is not like a household name. Or like you, you would recognize her from stuff, but yeah, I, I, I think she can be all underrated still, Cody. I think it's acceptable. Thank you. I also think that uh, I think a fun genre that maybe we haven't seen her in too much uh, that I would pitch, maybe put her in a rom-com. I think that'd be really fun to tell them. <laughs> that's kind of similar to maybe where the thousand years of longing was, was going, but I think it went a little bit too sci-fi, which I don't hate. Obviously that's a fun kind of genre pairing, but me just a straight up like dramatic rom-com with Tilda Swinton and uh I think that'd be a lot of fun but yeah that, that's what I wanted to pitch for her nice I like it <laughs> who's your number three Garvin? well funny enough it's uh Snowpiercer co-star of uh Tilda Swinton Song Kang-ho oh <laughs> yeah. nice. that's a great pitch actually yeah so obviously like it is he's probably the person who is like the least underrated but that's he's an international pick. So it comes in with like, again, the same thing where like the average American audience probably don't know about this guy and aren't realizing all the great work he's doing in Korean films, particularly with Bong Joon-ho. I think Parasite was obviously a huge breakthrough moment in 2019, early 2020. So like a lot more people found out about him, but like he's been consistently great in movies. Um, I, I think what I like about him is like, there's such a, reserved mysteriousness to all of his performances he plays like silence super well think about like him as the driver in um in parasite like playing that or as the fake driver where just like every moment just like the looks on his face convey so much and 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 also in snowpiercer where he just like isn't really there like is isn't really talking a ton where it's just like everything he has is so powerful um he also plays into like a father figure type role in movies like host or even like snowpiercer again um sometimes it's like the shitty fucked up father <laughs> um also he's in broker which was a movie that really slashed here from uh uh, that was he got best actor for at con um but yeah I, I think he's great i think this is a great pick for this and i think it's kind of a similar spot to tilda swinton too where it's like they are respected in the industry but overall probably people don't know them too much and this is a, a great pick for that 
I think the host as well is kind of a criminally underrated film. I think there are some issues with it, but he is amazing in it. And of course, his role in Snowpiercer is a lot of fun. Uh, was he not, or did he win Best Actor for Parasite? I believe he was nominated, right? For me, at least, that is probably his best role. Obviously, Parasite is a really, really good movie. Yeah, so but... that's the thing. It, it did not, no acting nominations for Parasite. That's really? the thing. Because, and that's wow. why I'm unsure if he will ever win an Oscar, because yeah. while the Oscars continue to become more international, I think it's still really hard for people to like, appreciate acting performances in a foreign language and i think it'll be hard for a performance like that to really break through at the oscars still and which is dumb because i think he's fantastic and he really makes or breaks parasite and the host and i haven't seen memories of murder i've heard incredible things about it i i recently got this like bong jun bong jun ho box set from amazon that's like really nice and it's got all of his movies so i'm really oh, looking wow. forward to like checking them all out here in the next couple of weeks yeah his partnership with bong joon ho as well is something special i think it's one of those kind of like scorsese leo uh, oh yeah absolutely every single thing they do like i 100 percent want to check out but yeah that's an abomination i think that he was not at least nominated uh for parasite that makes no sense at all but yeah that kind of sucks i feel like that, like he should have an oscar for that in general but um, I feel like if he's not going to get nominated for that, like what down the line is he going to? So yeah, kind of tough there. I want to continue to obviously see him work with Bong Joon-ho. Also another South Korean filmmaker, Park Chan-wook, who he has worked with once before in a movie in 2009, Thirst, which is like a, a vampire movie where he plays like a Catholic priest. And so that went to the top of my watch list as soon as I heard about that. That's very interesting. Um, but in terms of like an American director, I think Jordan Peele would be a really interesting one. Put him in a Jordan Peele movie. I'd love to see that. I'd love that. Yeah. Put this guy in anything, honestly, and I'm down. But no, Jordan Peele and him would be a really fun combo. So I love that a lot. And then I actually need to see, is he in? I don't know if he's going to be in Mickey 7, which is unfortunate. The uh, Or Mickey 17 the upcoming like Bong Joon-ho, Robert Pattinson, Steven Yeun movie. Yeah, I think I don't I don't remember. I remember those. It doesn't look like he's on the cast list right now, which is unfortunate. Like he has to be in the movie in some capacity. Just get him a cameo at the very least. Come on. Yeah. So hopefully he'll maybe he'll show up in the end credit scene. But no, yeah, he he's got to be in there somewhere. I think for sure. Cody, who's your number two? My number two. That's where the list gets interesting for me. My number two is going to be David Dasmalchen, if that's how you say his name. I'll tell you what. This Maybe Dasmalchen? I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a CH in there at the end, so that sounds a little bit better. But he's in a crap. I'll just run through his IMDb off the top here. Man, is in every movie possible. Yeah, pretty much. And it's always the smallest role possible as well. But, of course, he's in The Dark Knight as uh, the guy, uh, you know, who has like – Pretends to be the Joker or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and they're like uh, interrogating him or whatever. He's in Dune very briefly. He's in Blade Runner 40, 40, 2049 very briefly. He's in Prisoners even more briefly. And then more of his actual stuff. Uh, the Suicide Squad he's in as, of course, uh, the Polka Dot Man, whatever his character's name is. A lot of fun there. And then, of course, he's in the three Ant-Man movies too. All in uh, very different varying roles there. The first two sort of similar than the third one. I don't even know what's going on, which is the entire movie. But yeah, his IMDb, I feel like is just ridiculous in general, but obviously he's not anywhere close to, well, definitely not a leading man. He's like kind of close to a supporting man, even though half of these roles, <laughs> he's in the movie for like five minutes. But um, his inclusion in this list for me is like 
just give this guy more stuff to do because he's memorable in most of these movies, but he doesn't really have the chance to do more, which I think is very shameful. He's always like the creepy guy, but not the like, he does the prisoners thing, I think is like very indicative of his entire career. Yeah. Where it's like, if he's going to be the weirdo, he's going to be the weirdo, but he's not going to be the main weirdo. Um, or he's going to be like the, like in Dune, he's kind of, he's not the main weirdo, but he's like one of the weirdos, you know, it's that yeah. kind of stuff a lot. Let's just say like the Dark Knight, Dune, Prisoners, and Blade Runner 25, he's like all a similar S character of like, like nobody really likes this guy, kind of a weirdo in that sense. But he's not like the main antagonist or anything like that. Yeah. But, so I think that's a fun kind of niche role for him. But I'm saying bring him more into the spotlight. Um, my ideas for him moving forward, obviously just give him a chance. But I think I maybe want to see him go behind the camera a little bit more. Maybe get him into producing and, and possibly even directing. Um, just because I think he is a little bit respected in the industry. But maybe he's not the best actor in some people's minds. But since he does have that respect, maybe give him a chance behind the screen as, you know, he has been in a lot of great projects. Um, like everything we just mentioned, I think is a really, really good movie. So he kind of has a good eye for for maybe what he's worked with a lot of great directors, too. So, I mean, he yeah. has seen that process. I don't know if it's something he wants to do, but yeah, I'm sure he's picked up on a lot of stuff. Um, my ideas, obviously, he's been in a lot of DC and just uh, comic book stuff in general, too. I say throw him into the the DC universe. Obviously, they're doing a lot of wild, wacky stuff with there. Kind of let him go under James Gunn's wing, maybe for a film, and uh, give him a chance directing. But yeah, I'd pretty much love to see him in anything. But I just know don't know if he has the actual uh, respect to go into kind of the more leading roles because he has been around in Hollywood for a long time. And obviously, like I don't know, in the Suicide Squad and the new Ant Man movie, like he has more prominent roles than he normally would. That's definitely a you know a positive I think upswing just looking at his career overall. I don't know. Do you think he's actually gonna, gonna get more like legitimate supporting roles at this point in his career? I think he's gonna be the like continue to just be the small character actor that just pops up in like literally yeah. so many. I mean, and I think he must enjoy like he's gonna be in six movies released in 2023. Three have already come out: Ant Man, yeah. Late Night with the Devil, and then Boston Strangler, which I haven't seen. But again, he might be the not main weirdo. Maybe he's the main weirdo. It's hard to say. Um, he's also going to be in The Boogeyman, which is a Stephen King adaptation. I don't know how big the role is for that. He's in Oppenheimer. There's a million people in that. I'm of sure course, it's not yeah. a huge role. Um, another Christopher Nolan work. And then he's in this The Last Voyage of the Demeter movie, which like has a cast of people that I really don't know very well. But it's based on like one chapter from Bram Stoker's Dracula. So just like hmm. one singular chapter Interesting. The captain's log is what is what it's an adaptation of. Um, it does have Corey Hawkins in the lead role. I like him in Shia Confident. But uh yeah, I kind of agree. Walking Dead as well. That's his big role. Oh, right, right, yeah. True, true. But he's yeah, Dre true. in Straight Outta Compton. Interesting. I've never seen that. <laughs> oh, it seems oh yeah, Straight Outta Compton, he's getting that. Really good cast in Straight Outta Compton, obviously. But yeah, David Dustmalshin. Um, I kind of agree with you. I don't think an Oscar is down the line for him. I'd be utterly surprised probably out of everybody on this list. But um, I think he's just very underrated in the sense of, like, people probably don't even know who he is. And um, every time he pops up in something, I think he's really fun and, and really, really good. So I wanted to include that on this list. I almost put him at one. I'm not going to lie, just because I do think he is, like, incredibly underrated. Yeah, kind of just, like, a fun personal pick for me there, there too. I, I like that pick a lot. That's great. Let's swing it over to you. Who's your number two? 
All right, my number two. This is really my like up and comer pick, I guess I want to say. And I have talked about her in the past. Um, I think particularly on our best of 2022, where I shouted out her performance in Bones and all. My my pick here at number two is Taylor Russell. The projects she's picked in the last like three or four years have been extremely impressive. And it's I, I just think she's great in everything that she does. In 2019, she was in an A24 movie called Waves, which is like the most fucking depressing shit of all time in the first hour, but then also kind of like gets a little happy and it's got Lucas Hedges in it as well. Um, and she's just like really powerful in that. Um, also, you have like the mid-level IP-ish horror franchise of The Escape Room, but I stand by The Escape Room uh, movie. So yeah, Tournament of Champions, shout out to that um, and shout out to Escape Room. They're actually not bad. We might have to do an app on them one time, uh, but you know, she's good in that. Um, and then like Bones and All, one of my favorite performances of last year. Um, that movie is so good. And uh, in, at times, you know, I think she's out, outshining uh, Timmy on screen. So I, wow. I think that's a testament for, uh, you know, not being super well known and still kind of, you know, up and coming. Haven't had a, had a, hasn't had a huge break to be able to do that in a movie against a huge superstar like that is, is impressive for sure. I like this pick a lot. This is, I would say, 100 percent an up and coming one, obviously. I haven't seen Bones and All, unfortunately, but obviously one that you highly recommend. And if she's out dueling Timmy, um, this girl's got a massive future. I would say, I think I have seen her in um, Lost in Space. Have you seen the Netflix Lost in Space, Corbin? I have not. She's in 28 episodes of that. Yeah. So there you go. That's the thing. It's like... It's good in that, too. I haven't seen the entire series of that, but it's definitely a fun take kind of on a 60s sci-fi kind of reboot. And she is good in that. But yeah, I haven't seen the, uh, <laughs> the you call it a, uh, you know, undercover, up-and-coming horror franchise. You know, I haven't seen that. <laughs> <entire> <laughs> Escape rooms. Yeah, those would be a fun, I think, cap episode. But I'll take your word for it. But yeah, from what I've seen of, of Taylor, I think she is, you know, underrated as well. So good pick. Uh, what do you think she should start going into next? Because obviously, I'm sure she has a lot of people reaching out to her to, to do a bunch of projects. She's a person that like, it seems very likely she's going to end up in like a Marvel movie at some yeah. point or like a DC thing in the next two or three years. Like I'm waiting for the announcement. I don't necessarily want it to happen, but like, I just, I, it seems like it's going to, it makes sense, but maybe not. Who knows? Um, I think if we are going to throw her to another franchise, let's stay in the horror lane. Let's get her in scream seven, whatever they do with that. Um, they, they always, you know, will bring in a new, you know, new couple people, new young up and coming stars. Um, also, did you know that the guy who plays, uh, I don't even remember his name. Who's the kid, white kid with dreads from avatar two. What's his name? Jack champion. I think. Yeah. yeah but what's his character's name? <laughs> oh, spider, spider, spider. Yeah. Uh, did you know Jack champions in scream six as well as like an actual role? <laughs> oh, really? I did not know. Yeah. That. Does he have He's, dreads or no, he. He has brown hair. It's crazy. It's I, I didn't even recognize him. Probably because they filmed Avatar like ten years ago. But yeah, I had no idea he was in that. That is, but that no, is yeah. So like people like that are always popping up in Scream movies. Obviously, like Emma Roberts, who we just talked about in our last one, was in Scream Four. So let's get Taylor Russell into a Scream movie, or maybe the Conjuring franchise again. Let's if we're going IP, let's stick in the horror <laughs> world. Um, but no, recently she was also cast in this korean thriller with michael fassbender and alicia vikander so Ooh. i'm just excited for whatever becomes of that because that sounds really interesting yeah that sounds awesome and i feel like that would be kind of a good niche spot to go to kind of dramatic stuff and supporting roles right now instead of maybe going to like a massive franchise and 
you know, DC or Marvel. So I like that direction too. Do you think an Oscar is in her future here? I think on my list, I think she's the person who has the best chance of winning an acting Oscar. I'm going to be honest. I think she obviously is the youngest, I would say. So more the most amount of time, but then also, I mean, just like, I think bones and all, I don't know if she wasn't so young and it wasn't, I think that movie, you know, gets a little bit more popular. I mean, I think that's a performance that could have gotten across the line. I mean, fucking what they nominated Andrea Riseborough. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I think it could happen for sure. Yeah. I think potential wise, uh, like you said, time is a big factor, but yeah, she, I think she a hundred percent on your list has uh, probably the, the biggest potential to win an Oscar there. So yeah, good pick. I think at number two there for you, bud. Cody, it's time for number one. What do oh, you got wow. for us? <laughs> a lot of pressure leading into number one. I'm going with an off-kilter pick. Uh, you know, if you listen to this pod, you probably don't know what to expect from me, but uh, I'm going to go with Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, the boy. <laughs> Again, probably no one would have ever thought he'd make it on my list, but I'll tell you what, this guy's been working for a ridiculously amount of time and um, pretty much has no accolades to show for it, which I think is disrespectful. I think, uh, and to go through his IMDb quick, I think the thing that kind of does push him back a little bit is he's kind of a franchise guy in a sense. I mean, of course, he's been in a bunch of MCU movies. He was in the Pirates franchise. He's in Dune as the main villain, pretty much. The the, the cows me an offshoot. They're buddies. True, true. Him and and, uh, him and Dave are buddies too. Uh, Dave Batista and Dave DeCosman. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all Dave's. But I mean, that's that's a really good role but for him, I think. I think in Dune 2, we will see a lot more of his character, which I'm very excited about. Um, of course, it's the whole weird, like, seal floating CGI thing. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, <laughs> but anywho, past yeah. that, uh, my favorite role of his is Goodwill Hunting, uh, which, of course, I feel like is expected here. But I think his performance in that film is kind of the definition of underrated too. I mean, you have, of course, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Minnie Driver. You have a good cast, Casey Affleck. I mean, you, you got the Boston boys that you know. But Stellan Skarsgård really does a great job in this professor role, kind of starting off as the mentor to uh, Matt Damon, Good, I mean, uh, Will Hunting. But of course, uh, he, he pretty much just ditches him immediately because he's too smart for him. But just like that first act of Goodwill Hunting, I think he really does carry the brunt of the story and the emotion a little bit too. So shout out that film. But yeah, in general, I think he's kind of just a really good character actor. Who maybe hasn't been given every single chance to kind of be the leading man. Um, like I said, Dune 2, I am excited for, but I'd like to see him being more of the guy in in sort of these movies. And um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Stone in general, Corbino? Yeah, I mean, you did mention the franchise thing, like obviously, like Pirates, and he's been in Andor and back. Thor, and yeah, so like it, it all over the place, right? Um, but no, I, I I think he is pretty solid. I'm he's seventy one. I'm curious. <laughs> do you think is there an Oscar in his future, Cody? I don't know. I think so. I think Stellan is going to age like fine wine in Hollywood. Maybe take a little Anthony Hopkins turn here and and pull out a couple Oscars out of nowhere. I don't know. It's tough. It's obviously just kind of the roles that he's cast in. But um, I mean, if he sticks to like stuff in Dune, even if it is a little bit more franchisey, but more prominent, and I, I think he is a good villain too. Like he, he has a dark side to him that I think he doesn't touch into too much, but he's been in so much crap. His IMDb goes on and on and on and on. So I think he'll keep continuing working probably for at least another 10 years. Um, and I think he could pull an Oscar out, but uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I do want to ask you honestly too, because 
I think he's underrated, but I don't know if he's actually like this top tier actor. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, again, with his age, like it's hard to say how many more film projects he's going to be in, like what kinds of roles he's going to be getting. The, again, the most recent thing he's appeared in was Andor, and I don't think he's been an Oscar for that uh, TV performance. But he has gotten a Golden Globe for what he did in Chernobyl, as well as a, a primetime Emmy nomination for that work. So, you know, he's gotten a little bit of recognition. I just, I don't, I wouldn't, I would not bet on it. <laughs> I say book it. I say uh, put a dollar on him now. Here's what I can say, Cody. Put a dollar on the Skarsgård name because uh, maybe Alex or Bill will come in and, and get the, the Oscar for him. I think Bill is probably the best actor of the bunch there. And um, yeah, just crazy commitment from all the Skarsgårds, I would say. You can put them in any sort of uh, weird role where they have, you know, they look like a seal or they're a crazy clown costume that takes four hours and uh, they're gonna, or you know just something in the Eternals, something like that too with with no makeup but um <laughs> anyways what i want to see stellan do next i had a couple of different ideas obviously go for more oscar Beatty stuff give him maybe like a biopic with some prime minister of england or somebody i don't know anything about just some historical figure in the past who is interesting or another fun idea i had, I had for him which is more tv uh, let him start maybe the next game with Rome series maybe uh john snow series have him paired up uh, with Kit Harrington, I think that'd be fun. But they're gonna do like a few spinoffs probably through there. So let him let him get into the Game of Thrones world. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that does make a lot of sense. Like the the knights and fantasy type thing, I, I think he could fit in well. When it comes to doing a real life person, like I don't know who's the most famous Swedish person we can think of, and let's stick him in that role. I guess I don't know. Um, Bjorn, Bjorn the inventor of like, uh, tennis players, the, the inventor of uh, IKEA. Maybe a little old. <laughs> That'd be dope, like a um, like a the founder movie, a Michael Keaton McDonald's role, something like that, or a social network, role, like some businessman from IKEA who has. Like, I will say, I just looked up the IKEA founder, and he is just this old white guy. So <laughs> we can make it happen. Now I don't know. If, role, I don't know if he was an old white guy when he founded <laughs> IKEA, but he's he is now. He's old. Just get the the Swedish meatballs, and that'll be a perfect movie. But yeah, spelling it my number one. Nine, maybe oh, he died at the age of ninety one in twenty eighteen. Incredible. Oh wow. Well, he's due for a biopic then too, so that's kind of perfect. Yeah, spelling it my number one. Maybe reach, but I think he's mad underrated. I think my top two are kind of just like people who don't get enough recognition in Hollywood. I think, and that's what I base my list off. So yeah, I roll with it. I am very excited. To hear your number one Corbin, hit us with it. Who you got? Yeah, I this is where I really I had someone in my number one, and then I completely removed them from my list. And wow. Then, yeah. So I, I don't know. This list could be made on you know any day, and it can really exist in in any order, and it would probably be different. But I'll say my number one. I'm going David Cross. Shout out to David Cross of Chipmunks wow. fame, the man himself. I, I just don't know if I'm ever happier to see someone appear in a movie. He he brightens my day every time uh, he appears. Obviously, he is the villain in the uh, the trilogy of Chipmunks movies with okay. Jason Lee. In, in the I was going to bring it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, but you know he's like a small role in Men in Black. He's in both one and two, I think, but like maybe a different character in both the movies. It's hard to say. Um, all, obviously arrested development is is the big one right like I, it's one of my favorite tv shows of all time they've kind of ruined it with its like netflix reboots but he's incredible in the role of tobias Fumke. obviously just like humor he is a stand-up comedian by trade originally so like that's the realm he plays best in and he's he's always funny he's always great 
I wouldn't say, you know, he maybe isn't actually underrated, but it's just because he is like a character supporting, well, not even a character actor. He's just like a supporting actor who does a lot of the same thing most of the time, but no role is too small for David Cross. So he'll, he'll be in everything. He's kind of in that Dekalsmian lane. I love this pick. Uh, this is very unexpected from you. <laughs> I feel like it, he is a really, really funny comedian. He doesn't get enough just knowledge on that base either. Um, I love him for some of his voice work too. Um, Megamind, he's really funny. I was going to bring up, yeah, also shout out to the voice actor because that's you know yeah. an underrated thing. And I think he's a person that takes that kind of stuff pretty seriously with like Kung Fu Panda and Megamind. Yeah, and his voice I think is one of the most unique in Hollywood too. So definitely they should play on that more, but... Yeah, I mean, shout out the Chipmunks movies. Uh, he's really good in those too, but he has a massive IMDb, sort of similar to David Dismalshin, but probably a little bit more comedy-based, but I love this pick. Like I said, I did not expect that from you at all, but David Cross is one of the best, man. I, I definitely back it. What I want to see him do, I think the lane, I think a cool lane would be a James Gunn DCEU show type thing, you know, similar right. to a John Cena Put him in the lead in an in a HBO or I guess a Max, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Max, uh, a Max TV show, James Gunn, executive produce. I, I don't know who we get to direct, but yeah, I think that'd be good. I don't know what role, but that's just my pitch. Yeah, that'd be fun. Give him, I think they're doing the whole thing where they, they're doing like voice actors and like live action too. So you kind of do, so I think they cast like um, Alan Tudyk, who's a, a very well-known like voice actor kind of to go both ways. I think David Cross would be perfect kind of in a similar role like that too. So yeah, I like that a lot. Do you think he has an Oscar down the line? I'm going to say probably not. I I just don't (laughs) think so. You know, Hey, he's gotten some Grammy nominations for his comedy work. He's gotten some SAG nominations for like some early ensemble comedy stuff. You know, you got an Emmy for writing on Ben Siller show. So like, Hey, maybe he'll write a screenplay and that he'll get like a, an Oscar nom for that later down the line. And I think that could also be a cool lane for him doing some more writing, directing, obviously he's done it in like the TV world, but I don't think really too much in the movie world. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be a little bit tough for him just cause I don't know if he'll be given the, the right for opportunities, but yeah, writing, directing down the line. I, I could hundred percent see that, especially in, TV as well. Like you said, he's been doing that for forever. So more Emmys on the way. I could see an Oscar down the line. I, I, I wouldn't be crazy surprised. And, you know, I would, I just want him to be in, in good movies too. You know, sometimes his projects are a little bit shit and he's like the better part of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, continue to be in great stuff, David Cross. Shout out is to you. Is it coming out in the, the Chipmunks reboot that's coming out in like five, ten years? I, hey, one can hope. Curious <laughs> George, bring him back to do a voice. <laughs> I'm here for it all right cody who who do you think uh who do you think on my list is the most underrated person it's a tough one i mean i would probably say it is sun kang ho just because like american wise nobody knows who he is but he, he's pretty respected in hollywood i don't know it's, it's a tough one i think donald gleason honestly maybe my favorite out of your bunch but again i don't know if he's mad underrated i'll, I'll, I'll stick with sun kang sun kang ho i think american wise nobody knows who he is and that's probably one of the best actors working today. So I like that pick a lot. I'm honestly, I think I might go Tony Revolori for you, Cody, just because I think that, I mean, yes, he's in Spider-Man, but outside of that, he's not in a ton of stuff. He, I I think maybe younger people know who he is, but, and he's also got the, you know, the best chance of of doing something, I think more in the future because he is so young. Shout out Tony. Like I'm saying, uh, I'm sliding his DMs after this pod. So uh, (laughs) he'll be on soon, but yeah. Send him this clip. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> sniff this and send it to him. But yeah, shout out Tony. I like that. Honorable mentions, Cody. Who do you got? Yeah, I got a few. I don't know if I have as many as uh, your extensive list, it sounds like. Uh, but just to run through a couple, uh, Sam Rockwell, I really wanted to include on, but hasn't done a ton uh, since Moon or anything like that, but definitely a great actor. Uh, Lena Hetty, which I had, had recast in a couple episodes ago of Cap. Um, yeah, really great actress. Game of Thrones, obviously, Cersei, she's incredible. And um, just hasn't done as many movies since, obviously. Dread, yeah, Lena Hetty and Dread is really good as, as Mama as well, paired up with Carl Urban. Uh, really fun movie as well. Past that, uh, some more comedy guys, Michael Pena, Jason Siegel. Uh, Michael Pena, he has the ability to go into more action stuff too. So I think he's really versatile, but we've talked about him a bunch on the pod too. I My, know he's one of your favorites. Michael Pena was very close to to making the list. You know, he's a Scientologist, so maybe that pushed him off a little bit. But uh, other, I mean, I love End of Watch. I, I, I love his performance in that. I think that, yes, he's extremely funny. He's like the best part of the Ant-Man movies, but yeah. also like he has the ability to flip into a serious type of area, which I think is really good. Yeah, he's really he's good. Che, Steven Soderbergh's Che, where he played like the re- lead role. I mean, he, he can do serious yeah no he's good all around um he's just really good in supporting roles i feel like to the martian he's really funny that first ant-man movie he carries on his shoulders um yeah had to include a jason siegel like i said another comedy guy the muppets of course um we're getting sarah marshall is a very under underrated rom-com as well probably one of my favorites uh you know post 2000s rom-coms that nobody i feel like gives too much respect for but yeah he's really great my last one was kind of a shout out to you uh, Emma Mackey, I feel like everything I've really seen her in, she's been really, really good as well. But this list could go on and on and on. But those are my top five who I was seriously considering. Yeah, those are all great picks. Pena was definitely up there for me. Spike Jones is an actor, underrated, always great and fun, Love just weird pick. roles. Uh, he's Moneyball. in Babylon and, of course, Moneyball most recently. And Wolf of Wall Street as well as the, yeah. the the guy at the who teaches him how to sell penny stocks. So, yeah, always fun. Um, I think Tom Hardy is maybe six or seven on the list, but it's hard to say underrated, I think, yeah. right? Um, he's got an Oscar nom for The Revenant, and, and he just loves Venom too much, so he could never make the list. But, like, I don't know. Tom Hardy, people sometimes don't give him the love he deserves. He should have an Oscar at this point. What do you think? Mm, I don't know. I think he's pretty respected. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, John Cho of, of Harold and Kumar fame. Uh, I feel like he's just a serious that guy for a lot of people. He's in a ton of different stuff. Shout out to Star Trek for you, Cody. Um, Chuatel Ejiofor, you know, he has obviously an Academy Award nomination, Emmy noms and some SAG noms and five Golden Globes. So like he's gotten the love. But again, he's a he's a person that like I feel like a lot of people don't know. He got kind of written out of the Doctor Strange shit, which sucked in a stupid way. Um, He's great in Children of Men and of course, 12 Years of Slave. Um, Anna Kendrick, I think underrated as a serious actress, pitch yeah. perfect. She's good in, but also like Alice Darling was an interesting movie this past year where she's really great. Stanley Tucci, he's always working. He's doing fantastic, but he is Oscar nominated. Paul Giamatti and Michael Shannon, a couple character actor guys, <laughs> maybe not the same, but also both great. Giamatti is going to be uh, appearing in a movie this year uh, that I, I could may, maybe Oscar nom coming, Cody. What do you think? Uh, is it a Rhino spinoff or... Oh, I can't remember. What is it called? I am the Rhino. The Holdovers, directed by Alexander Payne, um, where, uh, yeah, I don't know. It Focus features movie coming out in November. Giamatti in the lead role. We'll see. He might be cooking, Goody. 
<laughs> Stop it, I like Polly Boy. I think Shannon as well is is mad underrated. So I like both those little pairing. Um, and then Allison Williams, who you know obviously is in Get Out and Megan, but I just feel like hasn't worked a ton of in a ton of stuff. But I think in horror movies, especially like she's fantastic. She was great in Megan. Um, uh, John Turturro, I to a younger generation underrated, but it's crazy when you look at his IMDb, Cody. I was watching Raging Bull last Wednesday, and he appears in one shot as like an uncredited dude just sitting at a table. And I was like, is that fucking John Turturro? Oh, really? And yeah, he's just in Raging Bull. And then of course he goes on and he's in some other Scorsese movies, Color Money, um, Do the Right Thing. He was in the Batman. Like th- that dude's filmography is crazy impressive. I mean, just even being a background player in a movie like Raging Bull that far. But like to a younger generation, I would say he is underrated for sure. Um, but Transformers he is, okay. Yeah, Transformers, it's a classic. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh, Colin Farrell, maybe like 400 days ago, you could say underrated. And then, uh, yeah, of course, Dave Bautista. Got to shout him out as the last one, Cody. Knock yeah. the cabin. Good movie. <laughs> Dave Bautista actually is like, if we didn't talk about him so much, he would probably like make my five or four on this list. But, you know, he's he's definitely overrated on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't include him. But yeah, a lot of great picks there. Speaking of Dave. Six degrees of Dave, Cody. You're an imbecile. You're gonna connect your number one, Stellan Skarsgård, to Dave Batista, and I'll connect David Cross to Dave Batista. Yeah, David Cross might be a little bit more tough. <laughs> I kind of copped out this week on Six Degrees of Dave. I mean, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, obviously, is in, in dude. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so, <laughs> so I just made a straight connection. I, if, if they didn't like share scenes or anything, maybe I would have been like. Oh, Matt Damon with Goodwill Hunting, blah, blah, blah. But uh, no, I'm going Stellan Skarsgård, Dune. You know who's also Dune Corbin? Dave freaking Batista. There's my 60 degrees. <laughs> nice. That's that's quicker than mine, Cody. Uh, David Cross, a movie he's in that we hadn't mentioned, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Yeah. Uh, another just a supporting performance. I think How early... How could you not go the chipmunks route, dude? Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but he's in Eternal Sunshine with Kate Winslet. Yeah who is in Contagion, a little mm. Soderbergh action again, shout out to him, with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon, of course, is in Thor Love and Thunder with oh. Dave Batista. Not in any <laughs> scenes together, but they are both technically in the movie. Uh, Damon, of course, reprising his cameo role from Ragnarok and, and Dave Batista in his ex- little Guardians prelude at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, true. Um Thor Love and Thunder. God, that movie sucks. But uh, yeah, Matt Damon's in it again for some reason. But yeah, nice little six degrees there. I like it. Thank you. Recommendations, Cody. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. What do you got for the people? What have you been into? I don't have too much. I've been uh, kind of slacking uh, movie-wise this past week. Only a couple of big things to wreck. I have been binging uh, Psych pretty religiously here the last few days i uh, worked my way through season one i believe i'm either on uh the the uh, second to last episode or the season finale of season two so really been been grinding on that would definitely recommend checking that out how many seasons of psych are there corbin do we know like four seven or, or eight oh no wow. <laughs> i'll be going through that for a little bit too but... i think the last but... season's only 10 episodes but yeah okay Oh, cool. But definitely check that out. I think the early seasons are a lot of fun too. It kind of they're kind of figuring out where they want to go with all the characters as well. And especially on a rewatch of, of the entire series as well. I think it's a lot of fun. 
Uh, past that, the only other thing I checked out this week was, of course, Alibis, New Prairie High School uh, production. I believe today, well, the day of recording, they did have their final show, so I can't recommend you go see it, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, those are my two big things. Shout out, of course, Jersey again. But uh, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, I'm sure you got a lot more, lot more recs than me this week. Yeah, I've seen a couple of things. I did mention watching Raging Bull. I got to see that in theaters, a little 4K restoration of it, which was pretty nice. Um, good movie about a bad person. That's what I'll say. I also saw Bo is Afraid, the uh, the new Ari yeah. Aster movie. Obviously, we've talked about Midsommar and the Pat on the pod in the past. Weird movie, Cody. It's fucking, <laughs> it's three hours and you can feel every hour of it. There is like multiple like, different segments it's kind of episodic in a certain nature but it's not necessarily broken up in any terms of editing but there's different places locations that he travels to it is very much like an odyssey type movie there's some really cool locations and moments throughout the ending is fucking wacky it's Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a lot I, i wouldn't say i loved it but it is a huge swing and there's a lot to unpack um and i don't want to give out too many spoilers but yeah there's a lot Sounds like madness, really. It, it, it is like everything that you could possibly imagine a three-hour-long Ari Aster, Joaquin Phoenix mother movie about anxiety <laughs> would be. Interesting. I'm excited. And I will probably see it because it, it sounds insanely weird. But uh, yeah, I don't think you were like the biggest fan of it, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I it's I don't know. I just don't know if I would ever watch it again. That's the thing. Right. It's like a hard it's a hard rewatch one, but I, <laughs> I am impressed with what was done. It, it like it as a project, it's incredibly impressive. It's also not it really wasn't made for that much money, which is also kind of cool, but yeah, I don't know. Good movie, I nice. guess. <laughs> um, and then I also checked out a movie that I really liked, um, Humboldt County, which is an early uh, shout out to Succession, Kendall Roy. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Jeremy Strong. Early yeah. Jeremy Strong performance. Nice. Um, it's just really interesting. It's it's got Pierre Bogdanovich playing his dad, and Jeremy Strong is like finishing med school, and his dad is his teacher, and he like doesn't pass him. So then he like meets this girl and spends the night with her, and then she drives up to the Pacific Northwest to like Washington or Oregon where she like lives kind of with this like pseudo fake like formed family of pot smokers who like grow weed and sell it and I don't know it's just really weird and he's just kind of like doesn't know what to do with his life but then the girl just like leaves so then he's just like stuck there with these people and Chris Messina is there and I, I don't know a lot of people I don't know it's just a really interesting movie um, and I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really wow. powerful. It, it touched on a lot of interesting subjects. It's very much like a moment in time and a particular, it's just like a few days and um, there's a really good child performance as well. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Go check it out. Wow. Surprised you're uh, saying there's a good child performance. I don't know if you're <laughs> going to say that, but. Uh, no. um, and then John Wick chapter three, I finally uh, watched and yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good one. <laughs> Dogs that, are sick. Man. Yeah. Horses. Uh, motorcycle knives, motorcycle yeah. knives boban Katana. like you said it's a classic yeah, it's fun still, still got to go check out john wick for them definitely on the docket well this has been the first episode of may mania we thank you guys for listening and uh hit us up to come on yep 
stay around for a lot more fun stuff this month. Uh, stay tuned, but yeah, appreciate it. Peace. It's like happen. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.